Welcome to Practical Christian Living. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Then you may spend it on your own pleasures. You're asking that instead of saying to God, whatever you want, use me. Let me be a servant. There's a prayer that'll get answered. Lord, show me where I can serve the people in the church that are your people. A servant is willing to do anything, to go wherever God leads. That type of heart will be used by God in amazing ways. But that requires a willingness to yield, to be flexible and humble, and to be willing to put aside what we want instead for what God desires. As we turn to James chapter 4, may we examine where and how pride just might be keeping us from being used by God. Here's Robert Furrow, pastor of Calvary, Tucson. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. He says, I've given you everything. And if it's not enough, I'll give you more. He says, you don't have because you don't ask. You say, well, I, I don't have that position. I don't have that power. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody's come to my Bible study. They haven't asked me to lead a Bible study. And I prayed, God, let me be a teacher. Let me be a, a leader. Let people in the church know who I am. Don't they know what they're missing, God? <laughs> right? You have not because you ask not, the end of verse 2, but then beginning of verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. You're asking that instead of saying to God, whatever you want, use me. Let me be a servant. There's a prayer that'll get answered. Lord, show me where I can serve the people in the church that are your people. God, you got some children. They're hanging out down at the church I attend. How can I be a servant? Let me serve them, God. You think God's going to say no? No, God will let you do that. But let me serve him by being a teacher. Let me serve him by being known by everybody. Back to God not answering your prayers again. <laughs> Instead of just saying, just let me serve. Just, what, what do you want, God? What do you want? I'm yours. I'm here. I'm ready. Whatever you want. How this could save most conflicts that take place within the church and how we find ourselves fulfilled because our desires would be being met then if we would ask according to his will. Jesus said, if you ask anything according to my will, I'll do it for you. If you're gonna ask for your own selfish end, then God's not gonna do it for you. And what do you think is tied up in all of this? Tied up in all of this, interconnected with it all, unable to separate it is pride. I want to be known. I want to be seen. I want, I want, I want, I want, God, I want. So pride is connected to it all. He says, you, you just take this pleasure, and he uses the word that's connected to hedonism again in verse 3. You ask and do not receive, and you ask amiss because you want to spend it on your own pleasure. You're taking this philosophy of seeking pleasure, and you're adding that to Christianity. And now God becomes your giant vending machine in the sky. Instead of our Father who art in heaven, our vending machine in the sky who art in heaven, give me this, give me that, bless me, Lord, and that's that. This is what I want. Instead of a surrendering to God, instead of a 
Lord, how do you want me to, how do you want to use me? What can I do for you, God? I'm your servant. What can I do for you? Again, how would God say, say no to that? How would God not use you if your heart really is to be used in, in such a way? But because you are taking this whole philosophy that is in our world, which is get what you want, the, the worldly wisdom that is, is full of ambition and self-seeking. And now you connect that to your prayers and then you go, I pray and I pray and I pray. Pound on the pulpit again. I pray and I pray and I pray. And I never get what I pray for. Could it be you're seeking your own desires, your own pleasures? And what makes us think that God's going to take the worldly wisdom and answer those prayers? This life's not about me. It's not about you. It's about souls that need to be reached and touched. It's about God giving one person one talent and one person five talents and one person ten talents. And if he gives somebody ten talents and gives another person five talents, he hasn't done anything wrong to the guy he gave five talents to. God made me a pastor and God made Greg Laurie a pastor. Greg Laurie has a service and he has 57,000 people show up in Angel Stadium. I can say, why not me, God? Why not me? I want, I want, I want. God says, you can't even handle the five I've given you. <laughs> you want his. God hasn't treated me unfairly because he hasn't made me a Charles Swindoll or a Greg Laurie. So a pastor with a, a church of 100 people looks at this work and says, I want, I want. And God says, you can't even handle what I've given you. Just rejoice in what God's given you. Be amazed that God uses me or that God uses you at all. You don't have when you ask because you're still living like the world, which is all about me and all about my own pleasure. And that's gotten into the church. And because it's in the church, there's these battles and wars and fights that are taking place. And now he doesn't pull any punches. I'd said this is the gospel of the finger in your face. He didn't pull any punches. He says in the beginning of verse four, after talking about this prayer life that is a desire for pleasures, adulteress, he says. I know it says adulterers and adulteresses, but that's not in the letter. He just calls you an adulteress. You're the bride of Christ. Somebody read it and went, that doesn't fit to a guy. I need to change it. Just need to write it as it is. Adulteress. You, you're faithful to someone else. Do you not know that friendship with this world is enmity with God? So you're a friend of the world. So you want what the world has. So you want possessions and stuff and houses and cars and you want the fast lifestyle and you're upset that you didn't get it or you're looking for it or you're trying to achieve in the church the same things people are trying to achieve out in the world. You just want the church to be an extension of the world because you want to be known, you want to be seen, you want to have what the world has out there and you're an adulterer, you're an adulteress because of that. And you become an enemy of God. Now, it's not that you become God's enemy. There is a way in which you can become God's enemy. But you, it's not that you become God's enemy here. It's that God becomes your enemy. It's that God now says to his child, you're an adulteress and you are now my enemy. God's now against you. God's now fighting against you. It's not that God's no longer for you. You've gone from God being for you to God being against you because you love this world and the things that are in this world. Now, we're called to the world. 
we're to be in the world, Jesus said, but not of the world. And what a fine line. No wonder we struggle with it. To be in the world, but not to be of the world. We've got to have money to exist in this world, but not to be of the world. Got to have a car to be in the world. I got to have a house to be in the world. At least I think I do. But I'm not to be of the world. And how hard it is for me not to be consumed by those things and to be of the world when I'm just supposed to be in the world. So we struggle with it. But it's reasonable that we do struggle with it. It's just not reasonable that we end up loving the world. It's not shocking that there's a struggle with every single person in this room. Me doubly so. To love the world. That's to be expected. But when we do it, we make ourselves an enemy of God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of this world, the word friend there comes from the word phileo, uh, city of brotherly love, right? There's four words for love in the Greek language. Agape, unconditional, sturge, the love for things and family. I'm distant relatives. <laughs> I don't know why the love for distant relatives and things are the same word, but it is. Eros, the passionate love, the sensual love. And phileo, fondness. Really, when it comes down to it, it's a friendship. It's fondness. Hey, I'm fond of you. I want to hang out with you. I want to spend time with you. I miss you. You're saying I, I'm, I phileo you, a fondness. You can have a fondness for anybody. And he says, are you fond of the world? Just look out in the world, and I want a yacht. I want a jet. I want it. I want a, at least I want a Porsche. Or Maserati. Lamborghini. Or Tesla. Doesn't catch on fire. <laughs> Might as well throw in a current reference, right? And we end up making ourselves an enemy of God because... We love the things that are in the world, and we have then become that enemy of God because of a fondness that we have for the world. And again, this is, this is all of us. I mean, let's just really just be honest. Let's just really take facades and put them aside. We are not who we put ourselves out to be. We are who we are. If we really take who we are, just be honest before God, then we would be saying, God, help me. I'm sorry. I, I am fond of the world. I don't want to be. I want to be fond of you. I want to run into your presence. I want to love you and be around you. I'm not fond of this world. Then he says in verse 5, or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? God said, I am a jealous God. Do you think it's a light thing that God's jealous? Is God jealous of you? You uh, make your spouse jealous? Do you think that's a good thing? Flirt around with someone, your spouse sees it, gets jealous. It's kind of a right feeling, isn't it? At least it was anything. She was not a flirt at all in any way, shape, or form. We were in Israel one time, and this guy started hanging around her. It's on the trip with us. If you're here tonight, I love you. <laughs> but I was jealous of you. Every time I, I would turn around, there's Lisa and there's that guy. He's talking to her. She's talking to him. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> in jealousy, and on top of that, he's good looking. 
he is taller than me, he's bigger than me, and he's younger than me. And I literally, every, I turned around for like two days. Every time I look, he's there. Every time I look, I literally went and stood between them. They were having a conversation, I went and stood between them. <laughs> Didn't look at either of them. It's gotten his way. When he tried to look around me, I just backed away. It's right, buddy. What are you doing? There was a feeling of jealousy. I talked to her about it, you know. What are you always around this guy for? What is the deal with this? You laughing at his jokes? What's going on? <laughs> and she's like, are you serious? There was what I feel to be a right jealousy in me. I think it was right for me to be jealous and be, be angry. I think it was right. And that was a right feeling because she's my wife and I love her. And she didn't want to do that. She said, I don't ever want you to feel that way. Well, if God's jealous for you right now, if you are like, have a fondness for the world that you ought to have for God and that makes you an adulteress in your heart and God's jealous of you right now, do you want that to be God's feeling towards you? You want God right now to be like, I'm just jealous. What are you doing? Why are you laughing? Like, what are you doing? You're flirting with the world. You're fond of the world. The world's an enemy of God. It's the world who crucified him. To be in the world and not of the world. You think that the scriptures say, for no reason, in vain, the spirit of him who dwells in you yearns jealously. Yearns. <laughs> yearns. Isn't that a strong word, isn't it? Yearns. Yearning. He yearns jealously. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. But God gives more grace. And, and intertwined, and I said this before, intertwined in this whole thing is our pride. Wanting to be seen, self-seeking, wanting it for me, my pride's intertwined in it. And so he says, God gives more grace, and I need grace, and I want grace. Grace is undeserved favor. God's gifting, and he gives, he resists the proud. God resists the proud. A proud person, God is resisting you. You say, I want to be seen, because I should be. Don't know what you're missing out, God not using me. How could you use them and not me? I'm better than they are. Well, the reason God's resisting you because you're proud. And God always resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. You can never be too humble. It's impossible. Your problem is not too much humility. If I said to you, I just think I'm too humble. <laughs> Why is that funny? Why is that funny? Because there's nobody who's too humble. We all think we deserve better. We all think we deserve more. We all think we deserve the recognition. It's that worldly wisdom, and it's rooted in pride. Get, I did a teaching years ago on pride, the whole thing on pride, and the whole thing on being humble. I went over all the passages. Pride comes before a fall. Uh, God exalts the, the humble, but he tears down the proud. This passage, all of them together. And I said in that passage, you cannot be too humble. You cannot be too humble. Find yourself looking up at a centipede and get lower. Get as humble as you can. In any way you can, humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself, and then humble yourself some more. Have no room for pride in any way, shape, or form. Well, afterwards, one of the assistant pastors came up. He's no longer here at the church, but he came up to me afterwards and he said, I really disagree with you on your study. I think we ought to be proud of God. I think we ought to be proud as Christians. I think we ought to be proud as, and he went over this list. And I said, I just disagree with you. I think pride is so dangerous. 
that we get away from it as far as we can. We fight it on every level. Pride is what brought Satan down. I, I think it's right to say, get as low as you can, be as humble as you can, find yourself humble and meek and walk before God from that position and God will exalt you and God will lift you up and God will be on your side. And if you don't do that, then God will resist you and God will be against you and God will tear you down and you will stumble and fall. This whole confrontation in the church for them had its roots in pride. So he says, God gives more grace. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Anybody here need grace? Anybody here want more grace? I want more grace. I have both hands up and a foot. I want more grace. I want as much of God's grace as he's willing to give me. And God gives more grace. He gives grace to the humble. Finally, and he wraps it up here, at least he wraps this particular thought up by saying, therefore, submit to God. That's pretty straightforward. Submit to God. We don't like that word, submit. Wives, submit to your husband. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> He's going to submit to me. Did what? We think it's like to a dog or something. Submit! <laughs> Submitting to God is, is a way of saying, Lord, I just trust you. When you wives can submit to your husband, you've got a husband you can trust. Hopefully you'll get there anyway. <laughs> submit to God. Stop being self-seeking. Just say, Lord, whatever. Whatever position in life you give me. If you give somebody else more than me, you haven't done anything wrong to me. Jesus used those parables over and over again. Remember, the guys that went to work during the day, paying the same amount to everybody? The one guy feeling like, I've been taken because you paid him for a full day's wage and I worked a full day and got the same as him. And, God said, and then the guys landed, I didn't do anything wrong to you because I chose to bless them. God chooses to exalt someone else. God didn't do anything wrong to you. Just submit to God. Just say, Lord, I just want whatever you want. I find it interesting that when the disciples struggled with the desire to be great, Jesus just said, you want to be great, learn to be a servant to everybody. So, so that whenever we have that desire, I really want to be great. I really want to be used by God in great ways. I really want to see a lot of people come to Christ. I really want to be used by God. Then go be a servant. Take that and turn it into servanthood because that's meekness. And when you're, when you're meek, you're humbling yourself. So you just start to be a servant to everybody. So that that's the way you submit unto God. You submit unto him, whatever his will is and whatever his desire is. Lord, you want to use me in obscurity? Use me in obscurity. You want to use me in greatness? Use me in greatness. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. Use me in this church. Use me at whatever level you want to use me. I'm, I'm yours and I'm there and I'm ready. And then when God says, go teach the, you know, three-year-olds, you don't go, when am I going to teach three-year-olds? Don't bite You'll say, okay. And you'll sit down and tell children about Jesus some of the very, very first times that they'll ever remember could come from you. Therefore, submit to God. And then this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, not only intertwined in this whole thing with all this conflict in the church, not, not only was there pride, but it was earthly and sensual and demonic, right? Right? Verse 14 of chapter 3. 
So Satan is involved in this. Is your home not peaceable? Is there conflict in your home? All this applies. There's wars and battles and fights among you because of your desires for pleasure. And you humble yourself in your home and you resist the devil. When Satan whispers in your ear, ear, you deserve more. You deserve better. Why are you always the one to yield? Why doesn't she ever yield? Why didn't he ever yield? Why? And when Satan stirs the pot, you resist him. And this is spiritual warfare, and I love it. We want to try to turn spiritual warfare into some kind of a, you know, plead the blood of Jesus 20 times, and I've learned that if I say this to Satan, you know, go climb the mountain that he leaves me alone. And these are all things I've heard, right? And there's one book where a guy said, I told, I told Satan in the name of Jesus to climb the mountain every day so he's not bothering me. <laughs> Satan probably isn't bothering you anyway, you know? It's probably one of the lower demons. I hate to tell you that, but probably not Satan. But when you resist the devil, he flees from you. Resist him. And Satan says, you're worth more than that. No, I'm really not. I'm not. I'm just who I am. And we sometimes will believe our own press. We tell ourselves something so much that we end up believing it. Therefore, we think we deserve better. Instead of just saying, you know, Lord, if you saved me and took me home now and gave me nothing, that's more than I deserve. And when we resist the devil, he flees. He says, I, this guy's not biting. This guy's not running around causing problems in the church. This guy's not t- turning his home into a nightmare. If there's any home that should have peace, shouldn't it be a Christian's home? If there's any place on earth that has peace, shouldn't it be the church? You should be able to walk into a church function or Bible study or whatever and have it be the place where there's the most peace anywhere. And then, then our homes. And they're not a lot of times. We, we steal the peace from our children. We steal the peace from our home. And Satan is standing behind us going, yeah. Jesus is the prince of peace. But I'm stirring the pot. Resist him. When he's whispering in your ear that you deserve better and that you're, you know, you should be able to get Whatever. And then the battle starts. I don't know if there's another passage in the Bible that is as heavy as this one. If there is, I, I couldn't think of it today. If, if we could attach weight to passages, this one would have an anvil weighted on it. And when we study it, it like thumps us in the head. Crack! You, buddy. I go, no, not me, God. I am the most humble man ever. My problem is too much humility. Crack. <laughs> and it lays on us heavily, but it needs to. Because the result is a continue to live in this kind of adultery towards God, where we're fond of the very enemy of Christ. We're rescuing people out of a world that we're fond of. We're friends with the very thing that we're telling people you need to come to Jesus about. No one in the church struggles with evangelism because we will secretly long for the very thing that we're telling them that they need to turn away from. 
thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living with Robert Furrow. We hope that our verse-by-verse studies truly help you to see that God is real. He wants a personal relationship with you, and His Word is life-changing. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. For our local listeners, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus, south of Palo Verde and I-10, meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. Our midweek service times are Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. at our East Campus and 7.15 p.m. at our West Campus. If you prefer, you can watch our service at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org where you can make a secure one-time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a reoccurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life or do you have questions about salvation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com and don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson or Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living TV Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. on KGUN 9. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living.